The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quinarius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. You, you may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your coming to us and blessing us with a child, yourself, bringing salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know exactly how many Christmas sermons I have given, 40 plus, and I ran across something that was interesting. How did we get to celebrate Christmas on December 25th? The short answer is the Christians overtook the pagan holidays. But the story is a whole lot more fun than that. So I'm going to share the first half of the sermon. How did this day come to be? 
Christmas actually started as a gradual development of worship. Christmas was started, and then Advent was added, and then Epiphany was added, and these additions into the worship service showed that the church was maturing in two ways. The first way was Christianity was going from a Jewish sect to the Gentiles. And so as evangelism took place, new cultures were added into Christian worship. And the second part is Christ did not return within the lifetime of those first believers. And they understood, those early church leaders, that the body of Christ was the believers were going to be around a long time. And so Christmas as an annual celebration tied together the many cultures and the time of the incarnation, the birth of Christ. So no one invented Christmas but it took place over hundreds of years. The article that I'm quoting is from Joseph Kelly, and he has uh, six main parts. So the first part that happens, part one, is that that early church in the second century, so within 60 to 80 years after the death of Christ, the church had adopted the four Gospels. And in those four Gospels, Matthew and Luke have the Christmas story. So believers in that first hundred years after Christ celebrated the death of the martyrs. And as a martyr would die, that would become their true birth day into afterlife. And so that started along with the establishment of Easter. Easter uh, and Ascension were one of the first worship celebrations. And as that took place, that early church decided that they might look at the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. And how did that take place? And when did it take place? About this same time, second to third century, there's a book in the Bible that never made it into the Bible. It's called Proto-Evangelism of James. And basically the whole book was a fictionalized characterization of of Mary and Joseph and their lives before and during the birth of Christ. So that raised the level of interest in how did Jesus' birth happen. So this is where point three, December 25th, enters the scholarly debate in a really strange way. So it starts out in a Jewish tradition 
the great figures were born and died on the same calendar date. So scholars hope to figure out Jesus' birthday by finding a date of his crucifixion near the time of the Passover. And some settled on March 25th, the spring equinox of the Julian calendars. So that's the date, Passover. So the pagans mark the anniversary of the world's creation on that same date. But Christians, not being pagans, celebrated Jesus as the new Adam and the forerunner of recreation of God. So in a variation, another variation, other scholars took March 25th to be the date of Jesus' conception in the womb. And then if you go nine months later, what date do you end up on? December 25th. Well, there was already a bunch of celebrations taking place on that date. One of them was the cult of Deus Sol, Sola Invincitus. My Latin is horrible, I'm sorry. The English is the Unconquered Sun God, S-U-N. And that was celebrated the Sun God's birthday. Many of the Roman soldiers and other men venerated a Persian fertility de deity named Mithra, and her birthday fell on December 25th. Also on December 25th was the festival of Saturnalia, December 17th to the 23rd. Quote, this was a week of vigorous drinking, eating, sexual misconduct, the overturning of social and even gender roles. Great Christmas background, right? Okay, or not. December 25th then, because of the nine months from March 25th, took on the role of Jesus' birth. By the early 300s, the Roman church had settled on this date, and with a century, within a century, by the 400s, it was in favor throughout the empire. The Jerusalem church resisted, keeping the traditional Eastern date of January 6th for Christmas, and that lasted up until about 575. So, the Christmas season had been started. And then because of cultural differences and other things in worship, Epiphany and Advent were added. January 6th transitioned to become Epiphany, marking the date of the Magi's visit, the coming of the wise men, and also Christ's baptism by John. By the fourth century, the Gallic and Spanish churches became the time when new believers prepared for their baptism, so Epiphany was moved up to become the preparation for Christmas. And by the sixth century, 
This was called Advent in Northern Italy and Rome. So we have a progression of worship practices that lead us to December 25th and to the celebration of Christ's birth. Kelly writes, there are three trajectories in this history that shape Christmas. The first important part in shaping Christmas was the ancient writers took scripture very seriously. They kept close to the Bible to determine dates and filling in details about the biblical figures. Second, they showed respect for differing cultures within their own faith. We can extend such understanding not just to those who celebrate Christmas differently than what we do, but also to extend that to those who do not celebrate Christmas at all. And the third thing that they used in setting the date of Christmas was they used contemporary culture where appropriate, where theological concerns add to it. That's probably more to, than you wanted to know about December 25th, but I found it fascinating. I had never run across that before. So now on to a second part of the sermon. The birth of Christ. Two stories. Which one do you believe? We have already seen that Christmas is tied to a December date. We also know that Christmas is tied to home and family. That Christmas is tied to comfort and security. But there is still two stories. One story comes from Caesar. The emperor says, I rule the world, and I want to know what my world looks like, so everyone go back to their home city, and I will count you. Rome. Images of Caesar, images of the Roman gods, were in every city, proclaiming that Caesar is Lord. The images also re reflected the fact that you better submit to that order. If you want any part of the Roman peace, you submit. And your importance and your value is determined by how you fit into the Roman imperial story. The counter story is Mary and Joseph, and they're a fly specked on all of the counter-conquered peoples. Their role is to go and be registered, to pay taxes, and give glory to Rome. And yet, there's this little bitty baby, and if it was up to Caesar, you would have never heard the story. Nothing in it is exalted. Poor travelers, 
They have a family because they are going to the city of David and there are relatives there. But there's no room. There's no easy connections and no money to give them a place to stay. And there is Mary, a swollen belly of questionable paternity. And the cradle, leftover hay, and livestock spittle. And the witness to this glorious birth, the least trustworthy witnesses in the world, shepherds, who talk about angel visions and who abandon their flocks to go see a child. If it was up to Caesar, you would not dare think of anything to any Lord other than Caesar. And you would not glorify any Lord other than Caesar. And you would not you have a hint of challenging Caesar's authority. If it was up to Caesar, the tables of the powerful would never be overturned. When Caesar hears the story of another king, he knows only to crush it, to crucify it. But the other story the story that starts in starlight in the hill country with shepherds that continues with a candlelight of midnight worship. There is a new reality. Peace comes not from armies, but from justice, where sin withers away when faced with truth, where mercy rules, where humans are concerned, and where love conquers fear. The angel said, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people, not just the few at the top, not just the ones who deserve it, but the meekest, the weakest. And God bless those shepherds. They believe the angel's story, at least enough to go and see. Their fear was turned to awe, and they shared the good news of the birth of Christ to a mother and to a father. And the mother took that story and held it in her heart. God sought them out, those shepherds, and gave them the power of the birth story. And that story has become their story. This Christmas day, may Christ's redeeming love be your story for this day and forevermore. Amen.